This week on the Rust Friends Podcast. Has 2020 cursed the NXT Championship? Well, it sure feels like it, because Finn Balor isn't the only one injured on the roster. We'll update you on everyone's injuries and tell you who's not medically cleared. With Halloween Havoc just a few days away, what can we expect? All Elite Wrestling had a segment that you either hated or loved. Are you on the Chris Jericho MJF side or not? And finally, we will address the WWE Draft's decision to split up the New Day. Plus, I am joined by the host of the Lucha Outsiders show, the heel that seals the deal, Mario Martinez. All right, Rust friends, let's talk about wrestling. Rest friends, my name is Iridian Fierro. Welcome back to another week of the Rest Friends podcast. I am not alone this week. I am joined by one of our favorite people here at Rest Friends, a great friend that we have, Mario Martinez from the Lucha Outsider Show. Mario, I gave you a, a little presentation, but I know you got your own spiel, right? So I like it. Every time you guys do a podcast, you go like, my name is Eri. And then you have Teddy like, my name is Teddy. So I'm going to be like, my name is not Teddy. But I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. Oh, my God. You got it perfected down to the T. <laughs> like, you know that you're going to come in here and people are going to be like, man, that guy's a heel. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm ready to piss people off. That's what I do. You haven't, we have yet to receive a message when you have been on the podcast or YouTube where people say, you know what? I don't like that guy. And I think it's because people like you. Maybe people are afraid. <laughs> Maybe people are afraid. If someone has the balls to like bury me, I'm going to find out who it is. And then just cut like a massive promo on the person. <laughs> They're going to be like, um, yeah, that dude on the Rust Friends podcast, he wasn't that great, but I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> right. But no, I know that's your friend and he's a jerk, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Mario, how have you been? We haven't talked in like a while, like wrestling stuff while on the podcast or the YouTube. Well, breaking kayfabe, like you said, we have talked about wrestling. We just haven't talked about it on like your platform, mm -hmm. on Rush Friends. I've been good. I've been good. Uh, you know, watching some wrestling, staying quarantined if I'm not working. But I actually did go to the collective a couple weeks ago. I know you did. You want to tell us how that went? <laughs> I mean, I don't have COVID, so that's, that's good. That's a, that's that's a good thing. Fantastic. Um, you know. I thought the whole experience was really, really good. First of all, it was in the middle of nowhere. So Indiana, next door me being us. a Latino, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't think I belong here. But everyone was nice. For the most part, I'll say that everybody was social distancing. And when they were inside the venue, they were wearing masks. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I was wearing my mask the whole time. If I wasn't in my hotel room, that's when, like, if I was in my hotel room, that's when I would take off my mask. If I wasn't there, I was wearing my mask at all times because I ain't trying to get COVID. Mario, I remember the first time you mentioned this and you were like, oh, yeah, it's Indiana. And I was like, oh, oh man, Indiana's mad sketch. And you were like, oh, I didn't know everything about that. And we were like, yeah, you know, we, we don't know if it's like that great of an idea. But like right. you went, you grown, you socially distanced, you don't have COVID, even though a lot of people who went to the show were testing positive. Like right. after that whole weekend, I was a little worried for you, but you're OK. You're good. To yeah, go. I got tested. I got tested the following week, like when I got back and not only because of the collective, there was other personal reasons why I was like, all right, I need to get tested. And I got yeah. tested and 
I was fortunate and I don't have COVID. Applause, applause. We're so happy that you don't have COVID because that's nothing to play with. Mario, let's get into these NXT injuries because there are a couple of them. So the one that's like, you know, being talked about right now, Finn Balor. He got a broken jaw in his match with Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT title, and he had surgery on it, but we don't know if he's, like, medically cleared yet. How long is it going to take to recover? Do you think that this could be, like, another instance where the belt has to be vacated? I don't know what's going on in NXT. I think the NXT championship has some, like, brujería on it or oh, something. Oh, my God, yes! Because, <laughs> like, Killer Cross, right, Karrion Cross wins the title from Keith Lee. The following week, he has to, like, vacate it because he has a shoulder injury, right? Now Finn Balor, right, he wins it. He rocks with it for, what, like, maybe a month or so. He has this amazing match with Kyle O'Reilly at NXT TakeOver 31. And it was a very stiff match. Like, it was a very New Japan-style match. So while the serious injury is Finn Balor having a broken jaw, but Kyle O'Reilly lost teeth in the match. And yes. now we're in a position, NXT is in a, in a position right now where it's like, what should we do? So one thing I got to give credit to NXT is they've been kind of like, they have addressed the Finn Balor injury, but they've been really quiet when it comes to the NXT championship uh, situation. So I'm hoping it'll strip N uh, Finn Balor from the NXT championship because I don't want to see this guy get stripped from the title again. We saw it back in the day with the Universal Championship, even though yeah. the presentation of the Universal title was atrocious. But... <laughs> um, you know, he got, he won the title. He was the first champion. And then the following night or all, he has to vacate the title. So I definitely don't want to see a situation like that. I hope Finn Balor can come back 110%. Or maybe they could do something like they did back in the day with Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was IC champion, when he had a broken neck. Still, like, you know, cut promos and, you know, nail somebody with, like, I don't know, with a, a Pele kick or something <laughs> like that. You know, there's ways to work around it, you know, and especially in a situation like NXT where they don't have a pay-per-view every week, they have takeovers like every two months or something like that. I think there are ways to work around it. I just hope Finn Balor does not get stripped from the NXT championship. Finn Balor does not have the best of luck. And I totally agree with you. I believe this brujeria, this 2020 right. year for the NXT title has just been mm -hmm. tragic. Uh, Keith Lee's title reign as NXT champion, I don't think was as great as it could have been. And then having him lose to Karrion Cross, and then Karrion Cross get injured, just like you mentioned, it's just like, what? And now Finn is injured. And you can't give it back to Adam Cole because Adam Cole is not doing too well either. And the thing about you mentioned Keith Lee, and it's like, for the run that Keith Lee had with the title, don't get me wrong, I think Keith Lee overall has been having a great 2020. Mm -hmm. But... It's for the run that he had with the title. Is like, why did we even have Keith Lee beat Adam Cole for the champ championship? Yeah. If we were just going to call him up to Raw, which we'll see how he's getting booked on Raw. They fucking, he's not even the Keith Lee from NXT anymore. Oh. So it's like, why did we even put the title on him? Yeah, the only thing that Keith Lee right now has going for him is that he's, you know, supposedly recording for his yes. theme song, which I'm really excited for because they changed his song coming up to the main roster. And I'm like, wait, what? What is, what is this? This is not the song that we're so used to. And the thing is, too, because when that first happened, you know, everybody was like, wow, you put some gimmick shirt on him. You pretty much change his attire, you change his song. And then it, later that week, we found out that a lot of people are changing their songs because of the CFO's situation where there's some, like, you know, yeah. some copyright bullshit going on there. 
which is, I get, you know, WWE had to pull the plug on it, but you knew this was happening already. So don't you think you would have been better prepared for a situation like this? Right. You know, not only are you taking the song away from him, but you completely are changing his appearance. And then you expect the fan base to like be like, no, 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 it's okay. It's cool. Like, no, we're, we're, we're invested in these superstars and wrestlers and talent. When you give us drastic changes like that, of course, we're going to have an opinion. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. This whole CFO thing, we we'll talk about that. Maybe that's a whole nother podcast because there's this, just a this whole lot. 2020 is just in rambles. <laughs> This whole 2020 is just terrible. Just throw it away. Throw it just away. throw it away. We need to be cleansed. The NXT championship needs to be cleansed. You said Kyle O'Reilly was missing teeth. My man also suffered uh, contusions and a swollen liver from some of the kicks that he was taking to the midsection from Finn Balor. Um, he's not medically cleared. Uh, Rich Holland, who is coming up, I was like, okay, my man's doing good. He's also injured. He suffered an ankle dislocation and a fracture. He had surgery. Like, what's going on Ankle. here? Yeah, the way people described it, the people that, that were actually there at the, um, what do they call that? The, the, it's the Performance Center. Performance but now they Center, call but it like, something, the Capital Wrestling Center, I think oh it's called. Oh, my God. They, they described it that it was like, remember, well, you're, you're younger than me, so I'm sure <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you've seen it on YouTube. But um, back in WCW, Sid Vicious had like a heinous injury where he jumped off the top rope and his like leg was like this. Like, it was just, like, look it up already. Oh, my God. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to look it up. But they were describing it like it was that graphic. And, you know, based on some of the stuff that we saw on NXT this week, it's like, wow. Like, Rich Holland would have been, like, that fourth guy in this, like, new group that uh, Pat McAfee's building. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, Like we're missing out on that. Right. And I feel bad for Rich Holland, too, because he was going to get such a a, a, A a crazy role for this, you know? Um and, and this is all speculation that we're thinking that Pat McAfee is behind mm-hmm. all this, you know, with him revealing himself, the guy under the mask. And him. I thought it was Undisputed Era, like breaking each other up, like attacking each other. Like, I well, that's I what everybody it thought, too. But now we have Pat McAfee, you know, doing cosplaying retribution, <laughs> showing up, showing up in the main event, um, <laughs> helping out Oni, Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch, you know, capturing those tag titles. So I. You know, fan. You know, not fantasy booking here, but if I had to like jump ahead, I think we were supposed to get undisputed era versus just Pat McAfee stable of mm-hmm. Danny Burch, Oni Loken, and Rich Holland in like a war games match. That would have been. But great. now, who's going to be that fourth guy? Is it going to be a war games match? Maybe it is a war games match, but it's just going to be three on three. We don't know. Maybe they could have auditions. You know, a fourth member for this new stable. Who knows? Someone who came back from injury that was, you know, doing better is Ember Moon. We got to see her. I'm super excited to see her back. She thought she possibly wasn't going to wrestle again. She had, what, an Achilles? Her Achilles, like, tendon, like, was not great. She needed to get surgery. She needed to do a lot of physical therapy for it. You know what upsets me about the Ember Moon injury is that she got injured doing a stupid 24-7 championship segment. That shit was, why is she even in there? She wasn't she even having a match. Talent. It's like, she's, she was doing a stupid chase and she got injured because of that. And I felt so bad because I, I used to be one of the, I guess the minority here that used to watch WWE backstage. So I used to, I used to see Ember Moon on there and how she would talk about her injury and how she was kind of questioning herself. And you could tell she was like upset about it. 
And I felt so bad. And then you have these idiots that would try to defend, like, oh, well, at least they were on, she was on TV. But she shouldn't be in a 24-7 segment. Yeah. She shouldn't be She shouldn't be part of that. And one thing I noticed about Ember Moon, especially this week on NXT, is how confident she is in the ring, in that NXT ring. Not saying that she wasn't confident in herself when she was on Raw and SmackDown, but I felt like she felt lost. Like, she really didn't know what she was doing there. And I don't think the people that were doing creative knew what to do with Ember Moon. Now in NXT, you see that confidence. You see how she believes in herself. And I, and I just love that because Ember Moon is such an amazing town. Yeah, I'm super excited to see her. Um, I was watching the first uh, Women's Royal Rumble the other day. And yeah. she came out. And the Royal Rumble was after like an NXT takeover. And Ember came out and she had her arm like bandaged up. She was still a yes. champ. She had just fought Shayna Baszler. And I remember I saw her and I'm like, oh my God, because I started watching uh, NXT more because I liked the women. So Ember was like one of the first women that I was like, I got attached to when I was watching NXT. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm really excited for her to move up to the main roster when she does. And then when she was there, I was like, dang, they're not doing her like I thought they were going to. They're not really using her right. You right. Know, to her and full I, potential. And, and, and sometimes that happens with WWE where you have a great NXT talent. And we've seen it, you know, the list goes on and on with how many talents that had like such a strong role in NXT and then they get moved on to Raw and SmackDown and it's like, we don't know what to do with you. And you can even see it in, not saying that Ember was ever bad in the ring, but sometimes you ooze confidence, right? Like if you see Ember this week, she was oozing confidence and she believed everything she was doing both in the ring and her body language, right? When she was on Raw and SmackDown, she kind of looked like, what am I doing here? I remember like her character kind of just like, like there was a light and then it just dimmed a little bit. Um, I was still excited to see her perform, but I'm like, they're just, they're just not doing her justice. But she did have a good match with Dakota Kai. It was like her first match back. But Dakota, after the match, was like complaining that she was like, oh my God, my back hurts. Um, And I don't think she's like, (laughs) medically cleared either and i'm just like guys what's happening over there at nxt everyone's just getting injured listen this is this isn't a what what's the phrase to say this isn't a, a ballet or something like that even though ba- people that do ballet they get injured too yeah. so that's like a bad phrase to say but <laughs> what i'm trying to say is like these towns these athletes know what they're getting into and it's not just nxt and also AEW with some of the reports that are coming with AEW with some yeah. injury stuff you know with phoenix and mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that happened in the taping but like New Japan, there's an injury in New Japan too. Like, it's not that these companies are running like a slop shop when it comes to like injuries and stuff. Like, it's not what how it used to be before, where talents would have to force themselves to work through an injury, yeah. or like some of the talents that do in the independent team. Like, shit happens. You know, the, the sometimes you just get nailed, and sometimes the, you just get injured, and and it happens. You know, they they knew what they they signed up for. I was watching, I didn't watch AEW this week, but you said that you did. Um, I want to talk about, I think it was the main event where the Young Bucks were having uh, a tag match against Dark Order, I believe. And it was um, it was a fatal four-way match mm-hmm. to determine the number one contendership for the AEW Tag Team Championship. So it was the Young Bucks, Butcher and the Blade Bunny, the Dark Order, the Dark Order, Reynolds and Silver. And who was that fourth team? Damn. And the match was good, too, and I can't think of the 14 <laughs> right now. 
anyway, it doesn't matter, honestly, because what actually it does matter. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the, I don't want to. I want to talk about something that happened to Alex. So Ale- right. Alex Reynolds mm-hmm. was knocked out during this match. And- My private party. It was the private oh, party. Oh, it was private like party. This- private party was doing like this uh, double team maneuver, resembling to the Hardy Boys, uh-huh. where it was like a leg drop and a splash, and. I believe it was Isaiah Cassidy that did the leg drop and didn't land like his leg on his chest. Uh-huh. landed on his skull. Oh my god! I don't. I, and then I saw Matt. Matt like you know did some stuff, and then this man is just like out, like on the mat. And then I think the butcher, one of the butcher of the blade, just like do you see him drag like this man's the blade, body? The blade grabbed them. The blade grabbed them to get. To- to tag himself in, but he was completely knocked out. He was out. Like, this man's eyes were closed. He was passed out in the middle of the ring. I didn't see, like, this match was not stopped. Um, I know that he said on Twitter, like, you know, thanks, everyone, for reaching out to me, but I'm okay. The refs did their job. But, like, I don't know. It wasn't looking like the refs were doing their job in the video. That's, um, and, and listen, we're all, we're all fans of wrestling, no matter what the organization is, but... AEW's medical team needs to get it together. And the crazy part is uh, Dr. Samson, I believe the dude's name, he used to work for the WWE. So he's, it's not like he doesn't know his job. He's his first time but, going around, yeah. Right. So I, I think they just need to tighten up their medical team, maybe have more eyes on what's going on, mm-hmm. especially when it's like a, a multi-man match like that, because that could have ended really bad. Yeah. And um, I just for Alex Reynolds, he's all right. I just went back to thinking about. Do you remember that uh, False Count Anywhere match between um, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara? That match was stopped real quick when Matt hit the floor. And yeah, but like, then they let Matt keep going. I know, but like <laughs> at least they they checked up on him. Like you know, if everything happened, you're just like oh, you saw it. And here we are watching this match, and you're just like, why is nobody doing anything? Like, is he okay? Like. What about the other wrestlers? They, they, I don't know. Alex Reynolds did do a post. I don't know if it was on Twitter or on Instagram or maybe both. He did a, write a, a, a description saying that, you know, he's all right. He appreciates all the love and support that he was getting. But he trusts the medical team. You know, he was yeah. playing, you know, cleaning it up and saying that he feels safe here. It's just this is what happens. You know, this is a line of work. I, they definitely do need to tighten up their medical team. Maybe have more eyes like I said, when it comes to these multi-man matches, because yeah. something could be going on and you just have no idea. Yeah, and not just AEW. We see, we see the WWE too with Kyrie saying, remember mm-hmm. when that TLC match where Charlotte was like dragging Kyrie yep. and kind of like taking her in the and ring? And you saw like Becky like, kind of like check on her. Like it's, ah, man. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate when these kind of things happen, but I really do hope that in the future, you know, this is like a learning moment and mm-hmm. AEW gets it a little bit, you know, together in that area. Something else that happened in AEW this week that people are like, I don't know, like they you either loved it or you hated it. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm what I'm getting from it. So MJF had this little segment with Chris Jericho, Le Champion, and um, we thought it was going to be like, well, I, I guess I don't know what I thought it was going to be. We had no idea what the hell it was going to be. <laughs> they had we been advertising it as it what? Was, it either was going to be. It was going to be entertaining in some ways, but we didn't know what the hell. Maybe it was going to end in a food fight. We had no idea. <laughs> And what we ended up getting was like a duet. What the hell? <laughs> Before I talk about this, I normally do this on the Lucha Outsider show, but I'm going to actually do it for the rest friends. Oh. Hashtag is Red Bull time. <laughs> so 
this is what I thought about the segment. First of all, just leading up to it when they were both kind of like up wanting each other with the steak dinner, like, oh, well, I want mine medium, medium rare. Well, I want mine's rare. I want mine blue. Just leading up to it, you can tell they have really good chemistry with each other, especially when it comes to comedic stuff. So out of nowhere, it just got to like a Broadway musical type thing. I believe the song was Me and My Shadow, which was Frank Sinatra. And I can't think of the other dude's name that's on the song. But it kind of reminded me like when I was watching an episode of Family Guy, how sometimes you get like these random segments where it'll cut to like a uh, like a song and dance scene or whatever. It's, it's one of those things. And I've rewatched it a couple of times where at first when I was watching, I didn't know if I hated it or I liked it. But it was so like ridiculous and funny. You were entertained watching it. It was like you, your eyes was glued on what the hell you were watching. And I think one of my biggest takeaways from the actual segment was, because they could both sing, obviously, Chris Jericho and Fozzie, right? And if you've been following MJF, you've seen like some of these things come out in recent <laughs> years where he was like singing opera and Rosie O'Donnell and stuff. One of the biggest takeaways from this segment was how gassed Jericho was singing. Like his face was bright red and MJF was just so smooth singing. And this is taking nothing away from uh, Chris Jericho because we know Chris Jericho can sing. The dude's a fucking rock star. But like he was so gassed singing. It was so funny. The whole segment was funny. I enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple times already. And I think the this raises a question because you've heard, you've heard it in different other shows covering wrestling. You've heard it on Busted Open, too, with David LaGreca and Bully Ray and Mark Henry. If WWE would have done this, would people shit on it? And you're always going to have the back and forth between the AEW diehards and the WWE diehards. Like, yeah, this is uh, done in WWE, you would have shit on it. But hasn't WWE already done stuff like this before? Like, we could go back 20 years ago. We've seen Stone Cold and The Rock do a duet in the middle of the ring and people were ecstatic about it. They were cheering for it. In recent years, we've seen the the Festival of Friendship that also involved Chris Jericho. We've seen Morrison and Miz do music videos that were funny. We've seen stuff like this before. We've seen Bray Wyatt do the Muscle Man dance. Mm-hmm. So we have seen stuff. You, you could call it hokey. You could, see, you could call it comical. At the end of the day, it's sports entertainment. I think us as a wrestling fan base, we need to stop always being so critical on things and just be a fan and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times some wrestling fans get way too into it. They try to read too much into something that's not there. And like at the end of the day, they're a business, you know, they're entertaining. And I was entertained. I laughed. I thought it was funny. It's funny that you mentioned that Chris Jericho is a rock star because for that segment, I had forgot about it. I'm like, oh, yes, he is in a band. I totally forgot he was in Fozzie while he was singing this because MJF was like a 10 and Chris Jericho was like at a solid four, you know? <laughs> there you go. Don't, don't disrespect Jericho. First of all, don't disrespect he just, Jericho. He didn't have Jericho, the pipes this for this. Type of music. This I, I get it. Words. If it would have been a rock I would, I would one. Say a, I would give Jericho maybe a seven. Okay. I definitely agreeing that if it was a rock concert, MJF would not have it and Chris Jericho would steal the show. But like, I was like, my man, you are not hitting those... <laughs> those notes like you should be you know I, I'm no one to say that because I of course cannot sing but you know at the end of the day I was like okay Jericho um but it was funny I laughed I thought it was entertaining and it is you know it. you have mentioned that um 
Miz and Morrison did like that music video and they've done things like this before in WWE. You know, Elias comes out every week with the guitar and he sings you a song. Right. Elias just had a whole concert. He, he killed it on Monday Night Raw. It was great. And I'm and like... You know it's funny you mentioned that too because... I'm surprised, like, you know, the, the, the AEW haters didn't mention, like, oh, they're just countering Elias' performance from Raw. Like, I'm surprised that didn't even come up. <laughs> but we've seen stuff like this before, so I don't know the whole question, like, oh, WWE would have done this, people would have shit on it. Like, because we've seen WWE do this before, not even in recent years, but going back 20 years ago. Yeah, it's not new, so I don't know why people are surprised. Maybe... I, I don't know if people just wanted something to be mad at, but I liked it. But people on social media are very upset and other people are just like, yeah, this was for, I want to see more of this. And I do want to see where more, you know, where this goes because I feel like MJF and Chris Jericho are great characters on TV. Um, I want, hopefully maybe MJF to, I don't know, kind of get with the inner circle and let Wardlow do his own thing because Wardlow had a match and I was like, man, this guy's fantastic. I don't know why they give him, why they, why they don't give him more, TV time, more shots. Well, I think, and I think we spoke about it on the All Out recap uh, YouTube episode that we did. I think this is eventually going to lead up to kind of like when Batista turned on Triple H <laughs> back in the day. I think we're going to see kind of like a breakup like that, where where Warlow's going to just have enough with MJF and shit, and he's just going to just weigh on him. It's all building up to that. When it comes to MJF and the Inner Circle, there's so many different directions you could go with this story. Yeah. Like you go with the story where MJF finally joins the inner circle. You could, you could go with the story where, cause listen, while Jericho is a heel in theory, he's always getting pops and people cheer for him and sing. Regardless, yeah. Regardless, right? So is he a really a heel? So you could also go with the route where MJF takes over the inner circle and the inner circle is finally like Jericho. We're done with your shit, you know? Like we kept telling you about this guy. We don't want him in the inner circle. And now you're going to bring them in? Well, now we don't want you in the inner circle. So there's so many different directions you go with this story. I just don't want it to be... Uh, I just don't want to hit fast forward on this. Like, yeah. let things play out. Let the story tell itself. You got to let everything simmer. You just can't expect everything to defrost at once. Like, right. this is all cooking. You got to season it just right. You can do um, maybe like Sammy's Jealous and, you know, we got a new talent over here. And that now this is Chris's new favorite. Forget about Sammy Guevara. There's so right, many. They could things. do that. Like, imagine MJF is in the inner circle, whatever. And now Jericho and MJF do like the whole uh, smiling hug and pose. <gasps> that him and Sammy. And then those do. cutouts are being sold. <laughs> right. And now Sammy feels a certain type of way Sammy about it. Sammy feels salty. Salty Sammy. <laughs> Hashtag. There's so many. There's so many different directions you could go with this story, like, but let it let it all play out and let it all simmer. Yeah, you have to um, let people experience the whole the whole thing. I think with the new day and the WWE draft that just happened, um, I think the new day's time was cut short. I I miss it now that I I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much. While I had it, you know, I, I wasn't worthy of it. And now here we are with Biggie on SmackDown and Kofi and Xavier on Raw. And I don't know how I feel. Like, I'm sad about this. And New Day got two days notice that they were being broken up before this happened. Like, I'm heartbroken. How do you feel about this, Mario? Well, first of all, I think the draft was a joke. All right. <laughs> draft, a whole, this is probably one of the worst drafts in WWE history. Like, there's so many things I could say 
that was wrong about the draft. Yeah. But when we're talking specifically about the new day, mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of it. And one of the main things that I'm not a fan of it is why is all of a sudden the new day getting split up, like getting drafted separately? Cause they was always drafted as a whole together, mm-hmm. every single draft. So me as a viewer, it's like, if you're going to split them up, have it make sense. Yeah. And this is not making sense. If prior to the night you had, um, the hurt business get drafted as a whole, and they're so new, why is the, right? And they only been rocking for like what a couple of months. Yep. So and listen, I love the hurt business. Don't, not, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I wanted them split up, but it's like if the hurt business is gonna get drafted as a whole, why isn't the new day that have always been drafted as a whole all of a sudden separated? Like we're just gonna forget the last couple of years that in this draft, this whole draft was a mess. Um, I do get that they wanted to push Big E as a single star. But you could have done that with the new day being together. Yes, you could have done that just like they did with Kofi Kingston. I and, I, I and thought, then there's great and then there's, point. And then you have and then you have these jackoffs online like, oh, well, you've done everything you could with the new day. It's not the point where you could have done everything with the new day or not. It's just have this make sense logistically. Yeah, and they and they didn't make sense. And Marty right now is getting excited talking about the new day. Marty's favorite is the new day. The New Day have done so much together and I feel like they still had so much to do. And, you know, they're the longest reigning tag. They have the longest reign as tag team champs. If they wanted to push Biggie, exactly. They've done it with Kofi before, Kofi Mania. You know, why can't you do that with Big E? And I'm so mad about this, like the Iconics too. Like, why would you split up the Iconics? I, I get you want to push one, but you don't have to split them up in order to do that. And no, and, and what's even funnier about that is we're gonna split up Peyton Royce right from <laughs> Billy Kane. No more iconics. But then on Monday Night Raw, we're gonna put Peyton Royce with Lacey fucking Evans. Why? I was so mad. I'm like, you gonna split her up from one tag team to put her in another tag team? And mind you, like I think the iconics needed a a greater reign as tag team as tag team champs because the iconics are the original og tag team listen iconics push right could be like uh, like could be so big compared to like the bellas exactly yes the iconics are are one of those tag teams that i loved because from the beginning they came out as a tag team you know the bellas Exactly. They came out as a tag team. So since day one, they have been together. Why are you going to split them up like this? And they're really trying to push Peyton. But on YouTube, the singles entrance that has more views is Billy's. So people really look like Billy. And uh, I don't know. And you know what? If you wanted to do like a singles, like singles, like uh, run for Peyton Royce, right? Or like do something singles with Peyton Royce. Why did you have to split up the Iconics? They could have still been a duo. Yes, one could have been the manager. Like, or, you know, anytime coming out doing commentary. I I don't know. They're they're not doing so great with this. And um, the New Day had, like, their little farewell. And, you know, oh. everything was so emotional. I was like, why are you doing this to me? And they're like, well, this is not, you know, not the end. Um, we, we could possibly be back all together in the future. Who knows? I really hope that they do get put back together. And, and, and listen, it, it burns me up because they split the new day up, right? It's like, oh, you know, because Biggie's, Biggie's going to get this big push, right? Biggie wasn't even on SmackDown this week. So come on. Come on. Really? He should have had a main event match. He should have had something 
I, like him, you know, like squashing somebody. No, he wasn't even booked on SmackDown. Come on. I don't know. And then you said you hated the <laughs> the draft, like overall. His draft was awful. I think I talked about it on the last episode <laughs> of the Outsider Show where you could subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This was by far one of the worst drafts in WWE draft history. Like, why are champions even in the draft? Why is a why is a person that's already on your on your brand even a draft pick? Like it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I was fuming. I was fuming talking about this draft because nothing made sense. And let's not even talk about the tag title situation. <laughs> they just switched. That's it's like WWE creative, right? They sat there and was like, "What's the laziest thing we could come up with?" I don't know. Why don't we just? you know switch each other's titles hey that's perfect they they didn't even have a match like they could have had a, a little a little pre-show if anything at least do a little something for them jesus don't just be backstage and be like well i guess you're the champs from here now we'll just switch in, in a perfect world we would have gotten like a unification match where because let's talk let's talk about the tag team division on wwe it's not that great no so let's get one set of tag team titles and have them go through every brand yeah, you can go everywhere. You can go to NXT. You can do a lot of fun right. stuff over there. Um, right. I don't know. This draft is... Anytime WWE has a draft, I don't expect it to be, like, permanent. You know, I feel like they say, oh, this person is only going to be on SmackDown. No, no, they're not. Like, that's a lie. Because Riot... What is it now? Riot Squad, I want to say. But it's like Liv and Ruby, they got drafted to SmackDown. And they were on Raw on Monday. I'm like, what are you... Come on, make it make sense, please. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> it's just, listen, I'm like reliving right now. Like <laughs> you're reliving the draft picks. <laughs> I'm reliving the draft again, and it's just so stupid. It really is, and it even retribution getting drafted. Like, yes, we're gonna draft the poison that's trying to kill the WWE. Yeah, we're gonna draft them on, t- on top of giving them contracts. We're gonna draft them too. You know what? I was also upset that like Shane was not even a part of this year's draft. Like it was just Stephanie coming out by herself, just talking about like, oh, this person is drafted to Raw and this person is drafted to SmackDown. I'm like, there's no flair. At least have Triple H come out and do something, say something funny. You know, Stephanie out there by herself. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the same. I wasn't feeling it. I could have gone without a draft this year. It wasn't important. Especially one of the, the other big issues I had about this draft is when they mentioned Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Drew Gulak, they get drafted to Raw. You guys have been having them on your TV for the last couple of weeks. Why? Why is that even a draft pick? <laughs> why is Mario Martinez getting drafted to Jersey? And why is Edie getting drafted to Chicago? We are, we are already here. What? But yet, but yet I'm wearing a Chicago Bulls jersey. <laughs> Mario, you're more Chicago than I am right now. Damn. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, this is probably one of the worst drafts in history. Oh, my God. I I don't know. They need to get it together. So maybe they, they were just like, okay, we're running out of time. We need something to do. Oh, I, I know what to do. Before the season premieres, let's do the draft. And we'll hype that up. And that will sell. You know, we could social media the hell out of a WWE draft. <sighs> It's, it's, it's bad. But you know what? Let, let's kind of, kind of like, you know, 
turn it a little bit. Not everything in WWE is bad. The draft no. is terrible. The draft, but terrible. there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stuff coming from WWE too. There is, and I want to talk to you about this Halloween Havoc that we have coming up oh next week. Oh my god, <laughs> Halloween Havoc! This so, is a pay per view that people like me have been craving and clamoring for for years. Oh my god! So I'm excited to talk to you about this because I have no idea what Halloween Havoc is. I I need you to tell me everything that you know about Halloween Havoc. This is the first time that I'm hearing about it. Um, th- my first introduction to it was like a commercial where Shotzi was like howling at the moon and it was like Halloween Havoc on the bottom. And I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. What is this? I have never seen a Halloween Havoc before. Then this whole wheel gets introduced of like what has different matches on it. What is this? So Halloween Havoc has been a pay-per-view ever since WWE or WWF back then bought WCW was like, can we please get a Halloween Havoc? Because in many ways, Halloween Havoc was one of the premier pay-per-views back in WCW. Like, people loved Halloween Havoc. And you had so many classic matches, like Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. It's funny that we're talking about Halloween Havoc because we've seen actually Seth Rollins kind of cosplay Rey Mysterio's... uh, entrance attire from that Halloween Havoc. One of the iconic things about Halloween Havoc was, besides the whole spin the wheel thing, was the entrance. Like, it was this big, giant, inflatable pumpkin with, like, a Snickers fucking promo, like, on the side or whatever. And people, that it's like, I need, like, I want Halloween Havoc. I need to see the entrance. I want to see the inflatable pumpkin. I want to see the little Snickers logo <laughs> promo on the side. I want like, this I sponsored by Snickers. I, I, I need to see, I like, I want the whole feel of it. And if you hear that squeaky noise, that's Marty, my dog. He's, um, he's excited about Halloween Havoc, too. I, I'm, I am, too, Marty. Damn. <laughs> so the spin the wheel gimmick, they WWE has done a version of, uh, of this before called Raw Roulette, where it's like you spin the wheel and it's like a gimmick match or whatever. And back in the day, you had like so many weird gimmick matches. I think like one of, the, one of it was like the... Uh, the loaded glove gimmick. I forget what was the name of it. And then there was like, a, there was actually a Thunderdome match. Oh. Yeah. So there's there so many different gimmick matches. And I think with this one, you are going to have like more WWE matches. Like I think one of them is like a Buried Alive. And then the other one, I, I think one was like a casket match. So you're going to get more WWE matches on this one. But we're getting like the iconic feel of Halloween Havoc, which is a great thing. I'm excited for it. Um, Shotzi's hosting the event. And this is a very Shotzi-like event. You know, Shotzi is very Halloween already. She's very horror. She's got green hair, the tattoos. Like, it's perfect. I imagine Halloween and I think about Shotzi. So her hosting the event, I wonder if she's going to have a match. You would assume, right? Well, I mean, even if she doesn't have a match, she's going to play a factor because I think one of the selections on the wheel is um chassis choice so if it lands on it's gonna be like game show up in here right so whether it's like for the women's match you know with kansas LeRae or io shirai or the north american championship match between uh, my cousin damian priest (laughs) and johnny gargano um there might potentially be shotzi picking the choice of the match i'm excited for it it's uh it's on a halloween so it's going to be a Saturday pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to it. Did you have any other plans for Halloween besides watching Halloween Havoc? Correction, Iridian is actually on Wednesday. It's going to be on Wednesday? They're not going to have it on Halloween? 
No, they're not having it. It's I thought they be were like, advertising it for Halloween. They were, well, they, you know, everything's on Halloween. Everything's Halloween, Halloween week. Halloween. So they're actually having it on Wednesday. So it's going to be like kind of like an NXT theme show, kind of like they did with the Great American Bash. Yes, I remember how AEW did that. I'm it. Well, that's going to be more <laughs> interesting too then because, you know, with the pay-per-view style, you feel like it's going to be bigger. But now if it's just going to be on a Wednesday night and you got to factor in commercials into it, you know, I predict that Halloween, that Halloween Havoc NXT might win the ratings war this coming one. For that I would, not, I would not be surprised because us diehard fans, we've been craving, we've been clamoring for a Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. And this is the closest thing to it. And it's the NXT brand. I would not be shocked if Halloween Havoc wins the ratings war this coming one. Mm, that's a big statement. You know, AEW has been hitting NXT with those ratings. <laughs> They, no, listen, every week, AEW has been killing it, yeah. right? By, like, over 100,000. yeah. But uh, this might be the one. And I, even with the Great American Bash, I think one of the nights, I think Great American Bash did win, if I if I wasn't mistaken. I think it was a, I think it was a night that Adam Cole and Keith Lee had their match. I think that night, I think NXT won the ratings war. Do you remember when Tony Khan released a statement after NXT had won for that week. And he was like, oh, well, we're really glad they're our brand and this and this. Are you ready for his statement if, you know, NXT wins the ratings for this week? I don't think Tony Khan's going to release one. They shouldn't. They, they my, should not. They shouldn't have the first time. We we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Um, Tony Khan shouldn't acknowledge your competition at all. I feel know? like they shouldn't, but they're, they're going to keep doing it. They, they 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 shouldn't. They shouldn't. They probably will. I hope they don't. I hope Tony Khan doesn't do that because why adjust your competition? So what if they beat you this week or yeah. whatever? And vice versa too. And vice versa too. Like, you know, like I think WWE, the, the first, you know, Wednesday night war in, back in October of last year, I believe when the ratings came out, WWE put out a statement saying like, they said something petty down the lines <laughs> like, oh, uh, like, uh, the turtle wins the race or something like that. Something down those lines saying like, oh, they congratulate AEW for winning the ratings. But, um, you know, the race isn't over yet or something like that. So, but if you look at the bigger picture here, it's like, I personally don't mind having both shows on Wednesday. But like from a business standpoint, does WWE look at it like maybe we should move to Tuesdays, you know? I think that they definitely should because I have such a headache on Wednesdays trying to watch both shows at the same time. And then what ends up happening is that I only watch one and I don't catch up on the other one until like three or four days later. So, well, I'm very fortunate due to my job where I in nine times out of 10, I don't watch either show live. So what I do is like I usually watch AW give or take like an hour delay. So. I DVR both shows, so like I watch AEW, and then right after AEW, I watch NXT. So you watch both so, either way, yeah. Either way, you know, because I, I, you know, with my work schedule, it kind of works out that way. Which I, hey, I, I'm cool with that. But even with this COVID era, right? You look at both shows, and now you, I, I guess you could, you could kind of make the argument, but like. Even before the COVID era, AEW always felt like the bigger show. AEW, for whatever reason, feels like the must-see show. Like, I remember a couple of weeks ago, not even a couple of weeks ago, right before, like, NXT 30, before they really started, like, 
pushing it heavy. We had that re, uh, great ending for NXT when Pat McAfee like fucking booted the shit out of Adam Cole. Yeah, and yeah. everybody was talking about NXT, right? Yeah. Nobody was really talking about AEW that week. But then the following week, NXT failed at following it up. Like they didn't, they didn't, didn't do anything about the momentum it. at all. Yeah, it's like, come on, what are you guys doing? While AEW, no matter what, even when AEW doesn't have that great of a show, you kind of look at it. But hey, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, what I do not enjoy about AEW um, is... Is that fat guy that's an NXT fan that's always in the camera. Stop. <laughs> I can't stand that fucking guy. I love that you just want to bring him up all the time, Mario, because you hate is, this dude. He is, the, he is the definition. He's the prime description <laughs> of what's wrong with the wrestling fan base. I, oh my God. No, that's not what I was going to say, Mario. I was going to talk about the women's matches that when I blink my eyes, like, they're done. They're gone. I missed the whole match because it was, like, two or three seconds long. And I'm like, what? And then Britt Baker goes on social media talking about, like, you know, the women's matches have the lowest ratings when they're, you know, compared to all of the men's matches. And she's like, you guys can't want more women's matches. And then when the women's matches come on, you change the channel, which I 1,000% agree with. But at the same time, why are you only having, why are you only letting them on screen for, like, three seconds? This has been a struggle for AEW because their women's division, I won't say it's bad, but it's nowhere near NXT. It's nowhere near Raw and SmackDown. It's nowhere near Impact. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate. And I touched on it on your YouTube show when we covered all out. They need to hire Thunder Rosa. Work out a deal with NWA. And Billy Corgan, figure it out. Figure out the logistics of it. We need Thunder Rosa in the women's division of AEW. Yeah. Because when she was having matches on Dynamite, those ratings were up. They were up there. Everybody was talking about Thunder Rosa. She's a superstar. She carries herself like a, a superstar. Everyone loves her. Like, she had arguably... One of the best women's matches in AEW's history. Yeah. And she's not even on AEW. <laughs> right. This is the type of talent you need. So Tony Khan better work out a deal with Billy. Like, I don't see why we can't do both here. Like, Thunder Rosa, you know, she could finish up with NWA. Like, you know, like do her deal with NWA while still doing AEW. Like, NWA ain't really running shows right now. So work out a deal. I don't know what her contract is with NWA. And I know... She's very proud of NWA and she's proud of being their champion. But AEW meets Thunder Rosa badly. They're they're doing all my women dirty. And yes, COVID did affect um yes. like some traveling, you know, between a lot of their superstars. A lot of women got injured. We know Britt got injured, Chris Statlander got injured, and these were the women who were in the title picture. I so believe, and then you have talent like that we're doing stardom and that live out in the UK overseas, like uh, yeah. Bea Priestley and Sadie Gibbs, which they're not even no longer in the company due to COVID. Hopefully, whenever we hit some type of normalcy, whenever that happens, they'll get brought back to the company. But we don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know when we're going to hit some type of normalcy. Yeah. And this is where I think that um, NXT has like a one up is in this women's division, because even like the women's segments, you know, we're getting mixed tag matches on NXT. We're getting backstage segments. We're getting the women 
being on commentary. And in AEW, you see Tony Schiavone talking about how Britt Baker gave him some notes and then Jim trying to sell his hot sauce, his barbecue sauce, whatever he's got going on. Like, Listen, I, love, I love JR so much. And I and I give him a pass because he's old. He's not as but like even he was talking about the world title match tournament, whatever. He was like, yeah, and um, we get the. Well, he was like the world tag type. Tort. Oh, that's oh, no. tongue twister right there. <laughs> I love Jim so much, but he's just old now. Anna Jay was in a match or I don't know what she was doing. She was like ringside. And then JR started talking about like, oh, my God, did Anna Jay have a wardrobe malfunction? I'm over here thinking, excuse me, old man. Why does it even matter? If she had a wardrobe malfunction. Why? I don't understand. And then he's like over here on Twitter sending messages to Liv Morgan. Like, no, just stop. Just stop. Sell your barbecue sauce, get your pitch in and call it a day. OK. <laughs> Oh, JR. <laughs> I cannot. He's he's so in the past. So You know what I love about JR though on commentary? When he sees some bullshit in the ring, he does not cover it up. He calls it out. Like, he's like oh, when the ref when the referees are messing up, he's like, that's a sloppy pen. <laughs> He'll just the shoulders were all the way up. Why that why is that even a count? Like he just that does not care. Listen, JR is not what he used to be. I still enjoy him on commentary. Like I give him a pass, but I think, and I said this on the past before, I'm not sure if I said it on your show, but when it comes to the broadcast team, right? I think the most valuable player is Tony Schiavone. I do like Tony Schiavone. And I do like Excalibur as well. Oh, I think he brings a lot. But I think with Tony is like, because he could do everything. Mm -hmm. Tony could be on broadcasting. He could do like the in-ring interview segments. He could do backstage. Like Tony Schiavone does everything. I think he's the most valuable player when it comes to the broadcasting team. Yeah, I think Tony is really great in the way that they've integrated him into this commentary team. And not just commentary, like you said, he does everything. Like that whole um that thing that he has going with Britt Baker, like that's genius. Like he Maybe. I don't I don't see that working with Excalibur. I don't see no. that working with, with JR. JR. Yeah. So he's he can really do it all. And I do like him more, of course, way more than uh, JR on commentary. But <laughs> But that's just because um, he's not adapting to like new times. You you don't you can't say those things, Jr. You know, that's disrespectful, Jr. Like, listen, I, if you get a chance, listen to Jr. on his podcast. Oh God! Usually the opening like half hour. I'm gonna feel offended. He goes on the he, or just look it up on YouTube. Oh he goes on rants on people criticizing him. He just he goes on these rants and they're fucking hilarious. I'm going to have to look into that. And I'm going to message you the whole time. I'm gonna be like, I can't believe you had me listening to this shit. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I can't. Oh, my God. Mario, thank you for joining me this episode. I had great fun. Always great laughs. You always kill it when you're on here with us. Where can people listen to you? Where can our best friends find you? Not like literally. Like, don't go searching for him, okay? Don't be a stalker <laughs> like that. You know, social media. Where can people listen to the podcast? Well, first, let me thank you for having me on. I'm always down to do the podcast any way I can support Russ Friends. I'm always down for it, whether it's doing the podcast or the YouTube, whatever. I'm always down. But if people want to know more about me or know more about the Lucha Outsiders, you can follow me at RadarSense87. And follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook. I would say Twitter, but we don't do anything with the Twitter. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Subscribe to the podcast version of the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. Also, if you want to actually check out our show live before it even drops as a podcast, we normally shoot for Sunday mornings, somewhere between 10, 11, somewhere around there. You'll get the notification once you like us on Facebook. So you can check out the show live and make your comments on there. If your comments are stupid, I'm going to call you out on it. And that's about it. That's where you can find me and make sure you uh, support the podcast. That's my favorite way of listening to you guys. I like going on Facebook and watching you guys live because sometimes you interact with me and I'm like, oh my God, they see me here and they acknowledged me. And then it's just great watching you and Leo, you know, bully Sam. <laughs> well, the thing with Sam is Sam hasn't been on the show. He's like been on a hiatus. I honestly don't know when he's going to come back. I don't even think he's watching the pod. <laughs> so like, so I think what we're going to start doing is, and hey, this might involve you. I think what we're going to start doing is we're going to have like a, a rotating third every time we do an episode. So maybe we'll get a rest friend in. Soon. Who knows? There's so many possibilities. I'm free all day, every day because <laughs> I don't have a job. Your girl's home all day. <laughs> We definitely need to get you on the Lucha Outsider show again. We definitely have to keep collabing together because I, I love having you on here. You're a great guest and a greater friend. And I love you so Rest much. Friends. Rest friends forever. Rest friends. <laughs> That's my favorite. Thank you for being on, Mario. Thanks, Iridian.